What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. Happy Saturday to everybody. Um, gosh, I apologize, guys. Like, I know it's been a while since I've been on here to talk, um, and I really haven't posted a whole lot over the past few days online because things have been crazy, and they're uh, cardboard crazy, so it has to do a lot with baseball cards. So let me uh, tell you a little bit about what's been going on. So first of all, um, I went to this auction house, and I saw this beautiful card that I really want. I'm going to give you, uh, tell you what it is here. Uh, it's an 1887 Gypsy Queen Roger Connor. And it's a large format version of the Gypsy Queen. Let me tell you a little bit about Roger Connor real quick because a lot of people don't know who it is. As a matter of fact, uh, my buddy Nick, uh, I showed him the card uh, that I was going after. I go, do you know who that is? He goes, well, of course I do. Uh, that's our first home run king. I go, be honest, Nick, did you have to look that up? He goes, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> and that's the way it is for a lot of uh, for a lot of people when it comes to these uh, 19th century guys. So Roger Connor, he was about 6'3", 220. He towered over his contemporaries. They were about 5'6", back then, um, probably 160 or so. Like So he was significantly larger of a man than everybody else back then in the, in the 19th century. Uh, in fact, a lot of people say that he's the reason why they changed the name from the New York Gothams to the New York Giants, which is really cool. Um, he was the first home run king, and uh, his record stood for nearly a quarter of a century until some guy named Babe Ruth came over and, uh, and shattered that record by a country mile You know, over the successive years that followed. Um, and then, of course, Hank Aaron and then you know uh, Barry Bonds, but... Anyways, a lot of people didn't know who Roger Connor was. He was also responsible for the first Grand Slam uh, in our game. And believe it or not, his Grand Slam happened in uh, uh, dream style, right? So everyone that loves baseball has had this dream. Bottom of the ninth, two outs, bases loaded, your team is down three nothing, and you're up to bat. Well, that's where Roger Connor was, and he hits a grand slam. So it was a walk off grand slam, winning four to three. Um, great stuff. Anyways, Gypsy Queen is a really, really hard card uh, style to get. That's original. Everybody knows of Gypsy Queen from Topps over the past decade or so. Um, well, Topps, just like Alan and Ginter, borrowed the name from back then. So it was a big deal. Um, and so they're super rare, uh, even rarer than old judge cards, which I love old judge. Um, but it was a very lofty price. And so I knew it was going to be really, really big. So what I did is I, I went into like heist mode. It felt like a bank heist that I was trying to play in here is because I, uh, ended up, uh, moving a lot of Conseco cards, uh, that were doubles. The ones that were kind of just hanging out in my boxes that because I liked them and had no real reason to sell. Um, most of them are, were duplicates. There's some that I was hanging on to that I just didn't really, they didn't really sing to me. They're just like, oh, that's cool. I remember these cards, so I'll go ahead and keep them. Um, well, this supercharged me into selling. And f over the course of like 48 or 72 hours, I sold a boatload. Nothing that I'm really going to regret or anything because, like I said, again, Mostly duplicates, um, but they're big duplicates. Duplicates of Dynasty, of 93 Finest Refractors, of 91 Elite, um, I would, and Prime Patches. You know, so I, I kept the ones, my favorites. You know, and 
And that's ultimately like before I bought out all these super collectors, um, that's what I was trying to do anyways originally was just to keep the ones that I liked best, the ones that I loved tons. And so for example, um, the 93 Finest, I loved looking at them all together, but they sat in a box. Um, I loved the uh, the dynasties. I probably love the idea of having them more than actually, you know, looking at it because they would just sit in a box. Now I've got two or three, um, and uh, you know they they look nice displayed where I can pull them out and enjoy them and appreciate them for what they are, um, the the rarities that they are. But um, anyway, so this was this is a, a way to kind of I don't know kick me back into mode of you know, uh, from floating around to like, what am I doing with my collection to, to being more choosy, more selective. So it was really good, but I decided to go for it. And I, uh, I ended up, um, putting an offer on it and I was the high bidder until, um, the evening that it was about to end, which, you know, actually <laughs> I only started bidding earlier that day anyway, but, um, anyways, I was, I was bummed out. And, and so it ended up selling for, a little over twenty thousand dollars, and uh, if I still kept going, guys, like I have no idea how much the other guy, how much juice the other guy was on. He could have, he could have bumped it up to thirty grand. I don't know. Um, but in any event, super good card. And you know, when you swing, uh, you know, when you're looking to hit a home run, you got to swing hard. But what that means is a lot of times you're going to strike out. So I missed the Gypsy Queen, and uh, but the plus side is is it supercharged me into actually moving things that I don't really care about anymore, which probably would not have happened otherwise. And it feels good, so I'm kind of in selling mode now. I'm trying to you know really fine chisel down my collection for what I have to say like, do I really want duplicates of this card? Do I really care about this die cut? And so so on and so forth. There's a lot of collectors out there that do, and which interestingly enough, it was it was fun because of how fast these cards moved too. Like they're just so fast, but I think a lot of it is because they are special cards, and there's a lot of buyers, um, especially right now. So, anyways, um, what that did psychologically to me is guess what? I'm looking at other cards I have now uh, to chisel it down even further, and so I've got like probably another box full of Canseco cards that are rare um, that I'm looking to part with. And, uh, you know, through trades or selling, that sort of thing, but ultimately, I looked at this box full and said, you know what, I don't think these fit my collection right now. So that's actually like a really good thing. Um, and uh, and I've, I've noticed the same thing that I went through back whenever I picked up a few uh, cards bef uh, that I really cared about when I started back into this. Um, is that I care more about my collection the more that I chisel it down because they are cards that I'm specifically um, I specifically enjoy when I pull out a handful of cards there's no fluff it's all stuff that I just really truly enjoy and it's just yeah I'm just talking about Canseco stuff when it comes to vintage cards guys like I'm even I'm way more selective like somebody shows me um, you know, like somebody wanted to trade uh, a guy named Brian. He's a, he's a big actually. I was I was uh, bidding against him for a while on that Roger Connor, but um, uh, but anyways, uh, you know he wants he wants a King Kelly portrait old judge of mine, and uh, you know so he was offering up some trades and and a lot of these other guys like when it comes to vintage stuff, 
Um, it just doesn't do it for me. Like, uh, it has to be super, super key. So for example, for Mickey Mantle, I don't really want a whole lot of like a 58 tops or 57 tops or, you know, 55 Bowman Mantle. They're, they're fantastic cards. They're awesome cards, you know, but like, I just am not really into those. Uh, same thing with, um, and gosh, I mean, let me tell you something like those are Holy Grail cards for a lot of people, um, because they're fantastic cards. Um, Ty Cobb, even like if there's some in the twenties in the 1920s, awesome cards, but you know, I just really love a selective few of them. So I might never have more than 30 vintage cards in one time or 40 vintage cards at one time or something, because, um, I'm really, um, interested in certain specific key cards and that's it. And that's how I like to be when it comes to this sort of, uh, uh style of collecting. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of the bad news for me anyways, was, uh, you know, I didn't get the card I wanted and guess what that happens. I'm in the middle of a couple failed, uh, trade deals right now as well. Um, like I said, the way to hit home runs is for you to swing hard. And when you swing hard, a lot of times you're going to miss, but that's the only way you're going to be able to hit a home run is if you try. Um, so that's what I do. I continually try. I might miss, I might swing and miss nine times out of 10, but that 10th time I'll be super excited and happy. And that's kind of my philosophy when it comes to collecting is, um, or anything in life is always have something big going on. Um, because guess what? You're not going to make it happen all the time, but the more times you try, the more times big things actually will happen. And that's when things get exciting for me. So, um, I will wrap this up with, uh, with one more story, which has been actually really fun. Um, and it's a good story anyway. So I'll, I'll kind of, uh, um, uh, say that this is a time that I swung hard and I hit a home run. <laughs> so this has to also do with a vintage card and I'll tell you kind of a little bit about it. Um, so back in April, so we're talking about like right when, uh, the COVID stuff was really kind of heating up. I picked up, uh, some pretty, pretty nice vintage stuff. And, um, you know, this one last card that I was shown by, a, by a personal collector, he didn't put it for sale or anything. He just offered it to me. Um, it was a, an 1887 old judge, Mike King Kelly. And I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to explain it a little bit to you for first, because a lot of people, when they see old judge cards, they just see a bunch of old black and white, uh, pictures of dudes that they don't know who they are. So I've talked about King Kelly before. Uh, I'm going to talk about him some more. He's probably my favorite 19th century, uh, character. Um, couple, couple things about him. Number one, he was Babe Ruth. He was Michael Jordan. You know, he was that guy. Um, in a time when there was no television or radio. Um, in fact, if there were television or radio, he might be looked at just like Babe Ruth is now, um, or Michael Jordan, or so on and so forth. Um, he was an integral part of baseball. He was baseball's first like super popular player. Uh, America's first pop song, Slide Kelly Slide, uh, that was about King Kelly. It was the, it was, so the first pop song made in America was about him. Uh, he was the first guy that people were actually chasing to get his autograph. So he made autographing a thing. Um, he was the first guy to get a whopping sum of $10,000 to play for Boston, which by the way, massive deal, massive deal back then. They called him $10,000 Kelly. Um, you know, so that's, uh, 
that's equivalent of somebody having a nickname, you know, Millionaire Mike or whatever, right? Or Billionaire Bob. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying here. Uh, but anyways, uh, he was a big deal. Like, in fact, in all of the Irish pubs, if I remember correctly, in Boston, uh, his likeness was um, was hung on the wall. Like, he was a massive deal. Um, he also was responsible for... I think the hook slide and maybe popularizing hit and run, um, a lot of things. He actually passed away when he's when he was 36 years old. By the way, guys, had an awesome mustache, but he passed away at 36 years old uh, because he was uh, big into drinking. In fact, I think um, who was the owner? It might have been Spalding or Wright. I don't remember which one, but. Anyways, uh, if I remember correctly, they hired somebody to tail King Kelly all the time to make sure that he wouldn't be out drinking all the time. <laughs> so uh, lots of stories, like there's a book that I'm reading about him right now. I'm slow going because I'm just a real slow reader. Um, I don't have much time to just sit down and pick up a book. Um, eh, well, I do, but instead I pick up my phone and I get on Facebook or something instead. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah. so there's a lot of... A history and stories and everything. The problem is, is we don't have video of this guy or we can't hear his voice, you know, and so that really kind of hurts his legacy in terms of other people knowing who he is. But, you know, he was, uh, he was a very, very interesting person because I guess the same could be said for George Washington, right? You know, so I think just there's a lot of people that, that need to understand and, and get into baseball history and and they'll just be pleasantly surprised they'll be blown away by all the fun stories and and uh you know the history the legends i mean just it's it's great stuff so um i have some old uh some uh, king kelly cards and so i'll tell you what i have i have the allen and ginter which is in my set i've got the goodwin which is in my set and it's probably the most beautiful colorized uh you know card ever maybe um the 1888 Goodwin set, just beautiful, beautiful cards. Um, I also have the old Judge King Kelly portrait, great card. It's he has three portraits, by the way, um, in Old Judge, and it is my favorite by a country mile. I love that Old Judge portrait card. Um, so this guy offers me a uh, a left hand batting version of the old Ju of Old Judge King Kelly. Now. While the portrait that I have might be my favorite portrait of his um, in Old Judge, this is hands down my favorite full body shot. And I'm going to describe it a little bit. First of all, it's very rare. Um, I think the Library of Congress has that as an example of an Old Judge card to show you everybody what it looks like. And it's in bad condition and it's got a big, heavy black ink stamp on the front and everything. Um, but this one that I that was offered, it was an SGC 4.5 and no nasty, uh, you know, stamp or anything. In fact, it was, uh, it's the, uh, the cleanest, best copy of this card that I've ever seen in my whole life. And it's probably my favorite old judge card, period. Um, I'll describe it a little bit. So first of all, uh, it's the only, um, non-portrait version of King Kelly, if I remember correctly, uh, as a, as a member of Chicago, because the rest are Boston. He's got a number of them. I think he's got, oh, between 11 and 14 different types of old judge cards where he's like 
try and catch a ball or it's a portrait or he's swinging from the right hand side or you know so there's different variations of it but this is so this is like my favorite ever and so he's got his, the bat in his left hand for some reason where he's kind of posing but what he's posing on the thing that gets me is the background um, and so to tell you a little bit more about old judge cards like what they would do is they would actually <laughs> I love old judge cards for this. Um, so what they would do is they would bring the baseball players inside of studios, okay? And so so a lot of times the players would just be in front of a blank wall, and uh, that's it. And they're just, you know, they just have their bat or whatever. Sometimes they'd take a baseball and they'd string it from the ceiling and pose the players if they're about to hit the ball or catch the ball. So, you know, there's no action shot. It was literally them posing it with the string. I love that so much, by the way. <laughs> I love it. I've got a uh, Billy Sunday that's like that, and so that's that's one of my favorite things ever. Um, sometimes what they would do is they would do uh, elaborate backdrops of like a baseball stadium or nature. Um, other times they would put like a pillow or something that would mimic a base, and they would uh, you know maybe even sometimes pose two players in there where one guy is uh, is on his belly uh, with his hand on the bag as if he just slid um, and another player that is acting as if he just tagged him or something um, man I just love all that stuff I, I love I wish I could have been there to see that but um, there are like over 3,500 different old judge typed cards where many of these there's only like you know one two three four five in known existence of each or whatever you know sometimes there's more obviously sometimes there's less um, but it's fun and, and even still like there's some new cards that are discovered nowadays as well which is fun um, because there's no cataloging of it really I mean there's an old judge book out there by the way which I you know wholeheartedly recommend it is a wonderful book but there's going to be others possibly that pop up down the road as far as old judge issues that you know we just hadn't known about until they're you know found in the attic or whatever so uh, there's a lot of mystery behind this set, you know, a lot of, a lot of mystery, a lot of history, and it's, it's just really enjoyable. I'll probably do a podcast about Old Judge down the road as well, but anyway, so for King Kelly, the backdrop um, is amazing. It's, uh, it looks like he's literally in nature, like there's, it looks like there's like this babbling brook uh, running into a lake, and then there's trees, and all of it is just beautiful. It's a miniature work of art it's a miniature masterpiece is really what it is the and old judge by the way um the pictures uh uh because of the way they're developed and i'll, I'll talk about that in another podcast as well um they're very they're very heat and light sensitive they're very prone to heat and light making the uh uh the actual picture very faded and very light so you'll see that a lot of times with this one, it's very sharp, it's bright. I love it so much, like it's just so, so it's a great card. So this is back in April, by the way, like I said, this guy offers it to me. He offers it to me for $4,700. I go, oh man, I don't know if I can get there for this. That's a that's a lot of money um, for anything, really, to be honest with you. Um, but I was like, you know, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about this and, and so I reached out to a number of old judge experts, and we're talking about guys that have been collecting for decades. That they know this stuff. This is their, uh, this is their jam. You know, they uh, 
they've been around forever and they know these cards they know the history they know which poses are are super rare which others aren't you know the king kelly pose by the way is like really rare um which uh you know makes me think man if i don't pull the trigger on this my favorite old judge i might never you know see it again but anyway so uh and by the way interestingly enough there's one that's on there for sale on ebay right now I don't remember how much it is, a thousand or two thousand dollars. So it's like super, super faded, um, and you know the corners are real rounded. And you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I mean, these are super rare cards. These are pieces of history, you know. But uh, anyways, it, that wasn't really something that I was really terribly interested in. Uh, so anyways, I'm asking these these uh, experts, and nobody can really quite get to that valuation. And so, which listen, when it comes to a card like this. Uh, sometimes you have to go beyond what other people would value it, especially when it comes to cards that may never pop up again. Um, but I decided against, I, th I said, I'm, I think I'm going to pass on this. And he offered initially for 4,900 and then came down 4,700 and said, nope, I will not budge. I'm not going to do 4,699. I'm not going to do 4,699999. It's 4,700. That's it. And so I go, okay, well, I understand. So fast forward, um, you know, well, not too far in the future, a couple of days later, I put up a, a want ad and he writes out, uh, I say, you know, hey, listen guys, I'm wanting a, a King Kelly left uh, left batting pose, old judge, really bad, I'm interested. And I think somebody reached out and I think they sent one that was uh, in an email to me, a picture that was like pretty, pretty beat up. And I was like, oh, I really appreciate you showing me this, but it's not really something I want. And so, uh, but man, great card in any condition right it's just it's fantastic uh guys look it up like look it up and I'll, i will uh, i will post a picture um at some point as well but anyway so uh i put up a want ad and one person responds which is the guy that has the original one <laughs> that offered me one he goes yes sir well he's the second one because the other guy sent me uh that beat up version in the email but and he goes tanner my friend uh, you're going to be bumping that thread for five years before you see any possible movement on this card. You know, I know, I know. So I kind of gave up on that want ad anyways. And uh, so lo and behold, here's what happened about a week ago. Guess what? One of those cards, one of the King Kelly left batting uh, shows up in an auction house. You know, oh my gosh. And let me give you an example, by the way, of how rare this card is, by the way. Um, in the sales history, there's been one that sold uh, in the past six years that was not graded as altered. And that was the card that this guy had. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh man, there's a number of them. There's a handful of them that sold as, as altered authentic uh, over the past several years. Um, not something I completely want to do. I'd, I'd rather a, a nice copy of it. And so, you know, all those were, were pretty badly beat up. And, and you know, when it comes to vintage, by the way, guys, like most of my stuff is like graded a one or two uh, because I'm all about eye appeal, not necessarily about the, uh, um, the numerical grade. But I like to not have a whole lot of altered stuff. So um, anyways, like I said, this auction house has one. It's an SGC 2.5, and it has a good picture. Okay, I mean it's uh, it's nice. It's not as nice as the one that the other guy offered me, but I go, man. Okay, so I I think I'm going to go on this one, right? So it's 
it sits, uh, it starts off at a thousand dollars or something. And then it, you know, progressively gets more 1100, 1200. Eventually, I think the day before, uh, the close of the auction, it's at $2,400, which by the way, with a buyer's premium of 20% is I think 2880. So it's close to 2900, then add taxes and then shipping. So you're getting close to three grand at this point. So uh, for the first time in eight or nine months, I reach out to the other guy that has one. And I'm like, man, he's offering it his for 4,700. If this ends right now, it's gonna be three grand. Um, that's a huge disparity. Um, but then again, it's a difference between a 2.5 and a 4.5. But um, I don't know if I can justify spending 1,700 more uh, on something that's graded, you know, two bumps higher. Uh, and so I go, but I'm going to reach out to him and ask him. He's like, hey, listen, just checking in, wanted to see what your thoughts were on, uh, on selling your King Kelly again. Do you have any, any more inclination of, of, a, of a potential lowering of your price? And he goes, hey, Tanner, nope, I'm sorry. I'm firm on this. I'm like, okay, thanks. And so that was the day before the auction. I wake up the next morning to message and he goes, by the way, Tanner, I saw the other one for sale <laughs> at the auction house. And I think based upon the grade and the clarity of the picture, it's where it should be at right now. So if that card goes any higher, my card will be higher as well. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I think I hung my own noose at that point. I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I was like, well, uh, I guess I got to make a move here. Um, you know, if I'm going to do something. So what I did by the way was, uh, you know, I had just traded a boatload of Conseco cards for, uh, an Allen and Ginter set. Now the, uh, it's the N28 from 1888. Uh, some catalogs 1887, I think it's 1888 actually. Um, 10 baseball players, nice condition cards. Um, I trade straight up and I ended up selling that set for nearly the 4,700. It was like 4,400 or something like that. So I was funded to be able to do something like this through the Consego cards ultimately, um, which was nice. And this was before, this, this was like a deal that I did like a month or so ago, maybe even two months ago. Um, but it's kind of fun to watch, you know, where the money hops from or the cards hop from. So from Conseco cards to now Ginner set to a potential old judge King Kelly card here. And that goes to show you, by the way, how rare this card is, um, that this single card I'm considering buying, um, uh, for more than an entire 10 card Allen Ginner set, you know, that I sold for. So. Um, and by the way, I still have my original Allen Ginter set and, you know, I didn't move that. I would have kept the other set if I didn't, but anyway, so I had some money to play with and I go, all right. Um, started thinking back and forth about this is like, you know, look, I could realistically see that 2.5 on the auction house going for, you know, $3,500 or $4,000 or something. Do I really want to have that card in my collection over the best example of this card that I've ever seen? The best example of the coolest old judge card that I've ever seen. And so I said, man, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm the one that would be uh, bumping up the price that high anyway. So I go, okay, tell you what, let's lock it in. Let's do this right now. And so I ended up paying the $4,700 to 
to the guy for his old Judge King Kelly. And so the next thing that I do at this point is I wait. I wait and I watch to see if I actually made a good deal or not. And that's kind of the fun thing when it comes to collecting, right? You can, uh, if you have a card that's at auction, you can watch it and you can see. <laughs> so I watched that old Judge King Kelly like a hawk, the 2.5. I just purchased the 4.5 for $4,700 with super clear image. I was super happy with it. But the nagging question was, will I be happy with that purchase if this 2.5 uh, doesn't get another bid and because if it doesn't get another bid that's a $1,700 difference and I think I probably would have been happy um, with that other one um, at the price that it was so I watch and I watch no movement whatsoever uh, and the way that the auction houses work by the way guys like a lot of people don't really know this there's different there's different ways that, that different auction houses work but for this one if I remember correctly I think the auction itself would go to 6 p.m. And for those that bid on the card before 6 p.m., uh, I lost out on something because I didn't know this, by the way, a while ago. Um, you know, you put a bid in at 6 p.m. For those people that bid on a specific item, they're allowed to bid up till about midnight. Um, but if you didn't bid before 6 p.m., you couldn't bid on the item that you're bidding on um, after 6 so once midnight hits, then it goes into a 10 minute uh, auction. So what that means is every 10 minutes, uh, the clock starts over if there's a new bid. So from 12 to 12.10, if nobody bids, that's the price, it sold. It sold. If one person bids in, inside 10 minutes, then another 10 minute uh, clock resets and starts. If somebody bids during those 10 minutes, so it goes on and on and on. I mean, these auctions can go, till like three, four in the morning this way. Um, so it's just kind of like a battle, like going back and forth, uh, you know, heavyweight fight kind of thing. So um, I'm watching it and I'm at like midnight watching it about to close at twenty at 2880 or whatever it was with the buyer's premium. There's 20% buyer's premium, by the way, when it comes to this sort of thing. And uh, I'm like, well, you know, I made my decision. I'm okay with it. I love the card, I'm super happy. And then the card jumps. It goes from 2880. Well, actually, without the buyer premium, it's 2400. So I'm seeing the the price at 20 at 2400. It jumps from 2400 to 3200. And then 10 minutes later, it goes to 3300. 10 minutes later, 3400. Then 3500. Then 3600. And ultimately, it ends at the point where the buyer's premium and the taxes and the shipping puts that 2.5 at the same price, virtually the same price as what I got the 4.5 for. That was a win, guys. Like that was me swinging hard and actually hitting a home run. Uh, if I decided no, I, I want to play it safe, it wouldn't have happened this way, you know. So I was struck out. So super happy with that. So I I missed out on the on the Gypsy Queen, but I I captured the King, <laughs> and it's it's incoming here. So I'm kind of uh, I don't know if it's bad luck to be talking about a card that's not coming, but uh, that hasn't you know made it in yet. But I'll tell you what, it does make me a little nervous because like the uh, USPS has been really rough. There's another card that I've been waiting on that's a Kinseiko that's pretty rare. Um, it's been in transit since like November th or December 3rd. So it's like, oh, come on, come on post office, deliver me my cards. 
but yeah, the King Kelly is by far the biggest deal um, of all of them. And I haven't done any vintage. Like I, uh, I got that Honest Wagner Rookie um, N101-1 from 1899 um, maybe a couple months ago. Uh, so like there, there, there will be a long time between purchases when it comes to vintage stuff because these are, you know, these are more pricey. They're they're bigger deal, and I'm a lot more selective about what I get when it comes to vintage stuff, anyways. Um, but super excited about this, and it's fun to be able to see um, that uh, you know, look, the the experts were wrong about the pricing. They were wrong. They everybody said you know, look, it's probably a three thousand, three five hundred dollar card. Um, well, come to find out. You know, the one that I have is probably more along the lines of, uh, you know, based upon, you know, the, I, I, it's just speculation, you know, so I'm not even going to say, um, but I think I did really, really, really well at $4,700 and without the auction, I wouldn't have known at the auction. It's not just me that wouldn't have known. It's all the experts wouldn't have known either at this point. So really goes to show you that, you know, something really is worth what somebody else is willing to pay. And that's <laughs> what boils down to my, I hate that saying because it doesn't help anybody especially if somebody is asking how much something's worth. It does, it's not helpful. But in this case, it makes complete sense. So um, I'll probably be writing an article about this, about my big win, but my big loss as well. Um, kind of want to share the whole gamut of, uh, of emotions I went through. And of course, it's just cardboard. You know, it's not, it's not really, uh, you know, not really important when it comes to life or whatever itself. But um, it is fun. It keeps, it keeps the hobby really interesting. Even... Um, selling, you know, even selling, I found myself just really, really glad to move some cards and, uh, that might be counterintuitive. Like how can selling things be fun? Um, aside from having more you know, money in the bank account, you know, and, and the ability to do things, um, with that money down the road as well. And guys, like I said, and I, I've said this a lot over the, over the years, but, um, uh, you know, if, if you have bills, uh, we all have bills, you know, but if you have bills that might be neglected because of cards, forget the cards, you know, the cards will always be here. Take care of your family, take care of your bills. That's the that's thing. Don't go into debt over this stuff, you know, just, uh, make wise decisions, make wise purchases, um, and make purchases based upon, um, what is comfortable for you. You know, you never want this, this hobby to become something that's stressful for you. Um, that adds stress in, into your family or your finances or anything. So just uh, make sure that you keep everything comfortable. That, that helps it to be more exciting as well. So anyways, that's what I have for you today. I hope you all enjoyed this. And, uh, you know, let me know if you have any other, uh, if you have big pickups. I'd love to hear what your big pickups uh, have been recently. Uh, so thank you, everybody. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend.